0: Log Talk Radio Ladies and Gentlemen, Thomas de Caballeros...
1: Back to another edition of Leaving the Ring Radio. I'm your host Dave Duenas with my co-host Mr. Gabriel Montoya. How you doing, Gabriel?
2: I'm doing all right, man. You know, I'm doing really good actually. It's my last show before uh, I disappear for a couple weeks. We take a hiatus. I think we come right back before uh, the week of uh, the Triple G Canelo fight. So, uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Actually, I'm just like I'm like that Going kid out watching to the, uh, the, to the Burning Man. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Whereas my, uh, my stepson likes to call it uh, that time. He gets a nice apartment in San Francisco, <laughs> for a few weeks. <laughs> uh, which is cool. Oh, that's know, right. You
1: need somebody to house it, right?
2: Yeah. I got cats. So yeah. Yeah. That's, but yeah. that's Yeah. And they really dig him. So yeah, but it, uh, I'm totally like that kid on the last day of school, like watching the clock, you know, I knocked out a couple right. of auditions this weekend and then, uh, Today, it's just been all in, uh, getting all the final stuff. It's a lot of stuff to get ready.
1: Yeah, I, um, I need to do a vacation like that as well, like where it's for me. Because, you know, I go on these vacations. Everybody thinks I, like, you know, I'll say, hey, I'm leaving for a little bit. But really, I, I never – it's not a, a like a vacation for me. You know what I mean? It's like – it's always a vacation for the family, you know. But when you yeah. drive and then, you, you know, you're, you're the one that has to make sure everything is set to go and then you go there and – you know, it's really, there's nothing really catering to me. Um, it's not a vacation. I don't consider it a vacation. I just kind of, it's, it's a vacation for the family. So I, I kind of need somewhere I just can go, relax, maybe sleep all day, you know, catch up on a that's evening. probably not,
2: that's probably not you know what I mean? Mean?
1: Yeah. But, uh... Well, no, 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 probably not, <laughs> probably not. But that's a different kind of fun. It's an adult fun, so, you know, oh, yeah, I like yeah. that kind of fun too. You know what I mean? I did, though. I, remember, I don't know if you remember this. Remember, I, I kind of binged on, like, Clint Eastwood, old uh, old Western flicks for a while. So that was kind of like a semi-vacation for me, you know, when you get to pop out popcorn and, you know, drink a bunch of Pepsis and just sit there and watch uh, the old Western. Uh, or, I mean, and even the Dirty Harry's, I watched the old Dirty Harry flicks. So that was fun. That's my kind of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I
2: told you about the very first day I got to Los Angeles. And I was, I, I, you know, got there, unpacked the van and then had to drive like from Koreatown all the way out to like Santa Monica um, and like by the beach, you know, and on the way back, I was listening to a show on the radio, just kind of like getting used to LA radio again. And I never found the show again, but it was a guy, they were doing like movie trivia and the question was, what's the headpiece of the staff of Raw? And I called up and, and uh, said, it, Oh, it, it yeah, was I do thing. remember
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's
2: the thing that uh-huh. Indiana Jones is looking for. That's the headpiece of the staff, Raw. Right. And then, so then he quizzed me on, like, he's like, that's too easy. What are you doing in LA? And I was like, I'm an actor and a, and a boxing writer. And uh, so he threw b- a bunch of questions at me, and I won, like, a box set of uh, Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. It's like my first day there. And I always thought that was a good omen. I no, I love that. I love that whole series. But yeah, no, this is more of a. In some ways, getting like Burning Man gets you in touch with that kind of cowboy feel. You're riding your bike everywhere. Uh, it's, you have to be very self-sufficient. Have the right amount of water, the right kind of uh, food. See, and, that doesn't and, sound and
1: like a vacation to me. If I have to ride my bike everywhere, that's not a vacation. <laughs> if somebody rides me around everywhere, see that's a vacation to me.
2: That's hilarious. Well, you could you could get a you know a, a car. Like our buddy has a car. Uh, you can only drive five miles an see. hour everywhere.
1: Uh, right, but, but even I, that, even that. See, if I have to take control of anything mechanically, uh, uh, any type of vehicle, that's not rest. I, I don't consider that a vacation. See, I, huh. I, I want to be the guy that just completed, you know, like completely catered to. You know what I mean? Where well, they're just sure. like, hey, just lay back and, and relax. I don't I don't even have to lift a finger? You know what I mean? I don't even have to let the person know that I want another another drink or you know if I'm hungry. It, it's just there. That's the kind of vacation I want. You
2: should go to Saint Lucia then. Yeah. Like all-inclusive, you, you know, just like you didn't have to tip because it's all-inclusive. Like, you know, you can expend that energy. Well, like, it's all, you know, they just keep bringing it to There's a
1: place in Cancun that's like under, it's what, uh, the underground rivers, right? And I heard it's like a complete circle. Like, you know, in order to get through it, you just, it just goes and, you know, just goes around and around. And I heard those like pit stops. This is what I've heard. I haven't looked it up, though. But I heard that like pit stops where you could stop and they'll hand you, you know, whatever you want, you know, food-wise and drink-wise and stuff. So I'm like, see, that's a vacation. I don't have to get off the tube. I could just stay on the tube and just keep going in circles over and over and over and over. <laughs> that's a vacation. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm more, of a, I'm more of a Westworld kind of guy,
2: I guess, you know. I like to get in the get in there and have an adventure, you know. It's like going to another planet. It's a, it's unlike anything else. It's I, I wouldn't call it a vacation because it it saps your energy. It's like you know because it's extreme camping. Right. You're, the minute you get right. there, like I'm, I'm wearing my. Well, you're my doing
1: three. stuff. But Even you're, if you're just standing there, that, it's taxing. Right. But what I'm yeah. saying, you're doing stuff right now that a 20 year old kid should, be, you know, would do. You know, and you'd be surprised
2: um, how many old people are out there though. Like the people that camped across. Oh, well, we got a label them now, you?
1: bro.
2: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, older, (laughs) older humans, uh, had to be like mid to late sixties, this couple that was across the way. And one of the guys in our camp, uh, this cat Arthur, uh, who's like one of the original hippies, I got out, he's lived like, you know, off hate street since like 64 or 65, you know, and that dude like comes through our camp and he's he's gotta be like 75 at this point, you know, there's all kinds out there. It's, uh, Yeah. No, it's it's definitely something to see, but uh, it, it's as far away from boxing, I think. Although they do have Thunderdome out there, uh, and you can get really yeah, room. I
1: saw that one time. Yeah, I didn't know if they were still yeah. doing. I have no yet. Yeah,
2: no, no. Every year, every year the Thunderdome's there. It's the uh, yeah the Death Death Guild, I think, is who runs it. Uh, one. I've man never enter, been in it.
1: No, two men enter, one man leaves.
2: One man leaves. It's pretty crazy. That's You'll go movie. at you know by at night when it's all going on and. You know, there's, like, firelight all around it, and, like, you know, people are all up on the dome, like, all climbed to the top, like, you know, just laying on top, like, looking down, watching it just like, you know, in a movie. It's, it's pretty trippy, man.
1: <laughs> I just like, to, I, you know, what, I just like to go just so that I can get in the center and then yell out, who runs by our town? Runs <laughs> right. That's hilarious. Anyways, uh we got some fights we got a lot of uh boxing talk here on Leave the Ring to discuss uh between myself and Mr. Gabriel Montoya. This past weekend we had some fights overseas in the UK. Uh you wanna break it down to us and who fought here, Mr. Montoya?
2: Um yeah, I guess I could do that. Well, uh we you know, we had uh Tyson Fury. The return? The return. I, I thought, you know, against you know Francesco Pianeta he's not you know he's not facing Mike Tyson you know he's not facing Larry Holmes uh you know he, it's it's a get it's like the second of what should have been three get back opponents and even he says it uh, after the fight but you know what it ended up ended up being uh was 10 good rounds i mean pianeta at, at some point kind of like folded up you know and was just like uh, i'm going to survive the 10 rounds and and really had kind of a spoiler style already against a guy that's, that's kind of for being six, nine Tyson Fury moves well on his feet. He's comfortable being kind of cagey and moving his hands and shifting his shoulders and trying to juke you into something, but, you know, just kind of hunting pecking and, and frustrating you over, you know, every round they all, all the rounds look the same, but he's a puzzle that, that it's really hard to solve Uh great upper body movement for, for any, any heavyweight, but for a guy, his size, you know, did he need another fight? I, I think you know this one. The, 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 they could have pushed no. it to twelve rounds just so he got right. that under his belt. Uh, but uh, I, I thought people were really shitting on this fight on Twitter, which I think is is becoming more and more uh, not a good way to watch fights. You know, like if you want to get an, average, no. you know, an accurate portrayal of how a fight is, it's like everybody's just trying to have a a snarkathon. You know, like who can be who can come up with the with the good comment instead of like you know pure analysis. Uh, I thought I thought Fury looked good. I didn't think he looked shameful, and that you know we should be upset that the you know Wilder fight's happening. When has Tyson Fury ever been body beautiful? Uh, you know uh, yeah, exactly. No, I really like exactly. this fight. I can't wait. I to see my it.
1: lesson from the from the Parker and White. Remember that time when you know you had you know uh, I was up there and you had hit me up. With, hey, did you watch the fight? I was like, no, I heard that it was terrible. I mean, everybody on Twitter was saying it was just a terrible fight, so I didn't bother. And you're like, no, 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 you gotta watch it. So that's why this time around I didn't pay attention. I mean, like we said last week, I understood the reason why the rush was to to kind of get him back on the scene and get that Wilder fight. You know, Pinera uh, was not a guy that was going to go out there and pressure him. The way to be at Tyson Fury – is to kind of get on him, you know. Let your hands go, push him back. Don't allow him to use that footwork that he looks like. Sometimes when he looks, when he uses that footwork, he he actually looks like a featherweight. You know what I mean? He's got good movement. Um, he's pretty light on his feet. He, he's got quick hands. He doesn't really sit on his punches, but what he does is he kind of he interrupts your flow just enough for him to move out of the way and for him to reset himself again, or just to get out of danger. You know Tyson still has that in that sense of 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 where he understands what he brings to the table. Wilder to me is a completely different fight, obviously. But here's the thing, though, is I watched that fight, and even some folks on Leaving the Ring uh, uh, Gmail were asking me, "What do you think? Do you think Wilder? No, you think that Tyson Fury has a chance with him?" And at first, at first, I was like, "I'm not sure," but then watching it. I was like, you know, the last couple of fights that we've seen uh, Dante Wilder in, Gable, he's been the guy that's been stalked. And even when he's not the stalker, he's not the guy to let his hands go. He's got to have you against the ropes, or he's got to have you hurt before he lets a bunch of you know a bunch of punches just fly off the handle. He's not that kind of person. He's not that aggressive. He kind of looks for that one big mega shot that turns the whole fight around. Wilder has been accustomed to losing rounds. If you watch when Tyson Fury fought uh uh Latimer's is kind of kind of similar to Wilder in terms of taking their sweet time to throw the perfect punch.
2: Yeah, I, I, it, that's going to be who who leads. You know, the jab I think is is going to be huge in this fight, and I think it's it's incumbent on. Like you know, Wilder is, is thought of a, as a non-traditional fighter. You know, everybody complains about his technique isn't this, it isn't that. Um, but in this fight, you know, you, you've got Wilder or a Fury who is kind of more the cutie, I would say, in in the fight. Uh, you know, he any man that's six nine, you know, weighs whatever he's going to weigh on the night. It's going to be dangerous. He's not a one-punch knockout guy. He's a boxer, no. Tyson Fury. and uh, But he's also kind of an awkward boxer. Uh, he switch hits. He'll fight out of orthodox or southpaw style. Um, he'll lean on you all night, push you into the ropes. He's good at that. Uh, Fury you know, is, is going to be the puzzle here. I don't think it's going to be wilder. I think he's going to need that jab more than ever. And to be a disciplined guy who's looking to win three minutes, not try to get a knockout, land that big shot, and get things going, but just win the three minutes.
1: Um, well, he's going to need more than just a jab. He's going to learn. How, he's going to have to, you know, learn how to cut the ring off, trap, not allow Fury to kind of get make it into a kind of a carnival, which Fury can do. We saw that, you know, in this this past uh, this past weekend, we saw that he can. You know, if you see Fury having a good time, it's his fight. If you, see, if you see when he fought like Cunningham where he got hurt, you kind of saw him make mistakes. Like he actually had to stand his ground and trade punches with Stephen Cunningham. Remember that? With Stephen Cunningham. You know, so to me, that's what Wilder and his team have to look at is what kind of pace they want to want to create. What, what, what kind of fight do they really want with Tyson Fury? Because the only way you're going to get that fight that, that, that Cunningham got from Tyson Fury is you're going to have to trap him and you're going to have to land just more than one punch.
2: No, there's no question, and yeah, it, it, it's a. I think it's an incredibly intriguing fight. Um, you're right, and he's going to have to get that right hand going. And you know, is Fury going to? How is he going to feel about being in a southpaw position against a guy that can land that right hand at an awkward angle? How is Wilder going to deal with a bigger man? for the first time, you know, somebody that, that, that towers over him. um, And, and I don't think he's going to have
1: a problem with that. Tell you the truth. I really don't think he's going to have that problem because the one thing that we've seen and we know of Tyson is that if he knows you can overpower him, he really doesn't decide to stay there for the receipt. He's the kind of guy that's going to tip and go. He's not going to try to, you know, overwhelm you even with his size he's never been known like this overwhelming big puncher you know um i don't i don't think i don't think it, it, especially by him stepping up you know with more of the better oppositions when he fought latimer Kalisco, not once did we see him try to sit there and try to hurt latimer if anything it was just outpoint him and get to the distance to get the belt and that's exactly what he did, and that's how he was successful. I kind of see that same routine and route that they're going to try to do with Wilder is not to trade with them um, – well, I'm sorry, not to stand there and trade with them, but to definitely try to outbox him, outflash him, frustrate Wilder, and really kind of, kind of remind Wilder that the criticism was real about his amateur style uh, that he's kind of brought into the pro ranks.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I really liked watching Fury, just shake off the rust. I liked the way he finished the fight. You know, um, he he seemed to be, I liked, you know, if that's where he's going to be in the 10th round right now, in terms of conditioning, I liked what he, the way he looked. He was able to kind of press the issue a, a few times and, you know, dig to the body, never quite get out of his comfort zone. I mean, it, you know, he doesn't throw punches just to throw them, you know. Um, I like that about him, how controlled he is. Uh what's while, they're going to do deep in the fight you know is it is it going to be a nip and tuck fight is you know is Wilder going to be able to be disciplined enough the way he was against DeVern that first time uh, to kind of uh, you know extend uh, fury a little bit soften him up to the body uh, and try to take him out you know i don't think it's going to be i don't know it's hard to predict this fight could go anywhere you know uh, what happens if Wilder it goes up and just lands a big shot yeah. and it's over i mean uh, it could go the other way. We know Wilder can be hurt as well.
1: Um, I mean that that's that's the honest um thing here is that see I, I, this is what I think the fight's very intriguing. is. the one that you know Tyson Fury is a guy, like I said, I mentioned earlier that if he knows you're gonna overpower, if he knows that you have a you have the eraser, he's not dumb. You know, he's gonna box you. And he's kinda showed that, which is kinda astonishing to see on his second fight as a comeback how still light-footed and how much, of, you know, how aware he is and his abilities. You know, there's some guys that still have to kind of figure out, you know, can I still do this in the ring? I mean, he still has it. Now, with Wilder, what we've seen him in the past is against guys that he knows that can land big punches and can hurt them. So he's trying to kind of stay the distance and be the counter-puncher. You know what I mean? He's trying to be the Marquez to the Pacquiao of the heavyweight division. Here's a little different. I'm wondering, knowing that Tyson Fury may not hurt him by the looks of what Tyson has been doing in the past, is he going to go for it? Is he going to try to test the power of Tyson Fury? That's where I'm kind of – that's where my curiosity really is kind of tipping right now is while they're going to go out there with no respect for Tyson Fury and just try to get him out of there, or does he go out there respecting a the near champion who hasn't lost it in the ring and, and try to test – uh, you know by footwork by hand speed by boxed IQ it's an interesting fight
2: yeah i'm just i'm you know good on wilder man for making it it's it's a smart move getting wild uh, fury at this point is a smart move but it's also not an easy easy win for him to to have uh you know yep. ortiz and and fury now you know on his resume uh, however it goes I mean it says a lot about him A lot, a lot of the doubters People that, that Just constantly nitpick the guy Because he's with Al Heyman And They You know the, the allowances they give other fighters He doesn't get that I mean he would have already faced Alexander Povetkin And maybe Or may not have faced that test But now it's You know Anthony Joshua That's going to get legitimized By uh, beating up Povetkin Who You know uh, I, I don't know
1: uh,
2: I'm not too Excited I, I agree, about that, I, agree. I,
1: I, I totally agree I mean you know, if you look at his resume right now, it's, you can't argue that this guy actually is telling the truth when he says, I want to fight the best. I want to fight the, 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 the whoever is available and whoever wants to step in the ring with me. That's what I want to do. You know, um, fighting uh, uh, Tyson Fury, to me, is a great business move, and it's also great for his resume, but it's also great for the fans that still consider Tyson Fury as the linear champion. Remember this, casual fans, only remember the last big fight that was on TV. And when Tyson Fury fought uh, uh, Ladder McClisco, uh, that still is a stain in a lot of the casual fans out there. You know, they're going to remember Joshua, uh, uh, Anthony Joshua beating Ladim McClisco, but the first thing that's going to come to mind is like, wasn't he beaten before that? So for Fury, for, for I'm sorry, for Wilder to say, hey, let me have him, let me get in there, and let's do it, and let's do it wherever they're going to put it at, um, it only brings more leverage to that negotiating table, which seems to be kind of like hung over his head by by Hearns and by Anthony, you know, by telling him, like, hey, you're still the B-side. Fighting the Taj Fury, and if they sell out, which I kind of expected to have a massive crowd, a great turnout uh, in the arena and outside the arena on television, uh, to me, that is what you call knowing how to negotiate and knowing what to bring to the table. It's always having that wild card in the back of your pocket.
2: I'm curious if they'll, uh, if they'll have third party testing for this fight and, uh, and who will handle it. That's uh, yeah. I'll have to, to keep an eye on that, that part of the story, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's great. I think, you know, I love that, uh, that Wilder was there, you know, people always uh, will, will dog him, you know, doesn't have a promoter doesn't know what he's doing. And, it seems like he's, you know, he's handling this situation pretty well. So, yeah. yeah
1: and you know what? It, 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 I think most fighters should take note, which a lot, I see a lot of fighters that are doing now. You know, they're figuring, hey, if my promoter's not doing the job, then I'm going to do it myself. I mean, you've got to give it up to, to, to Dante Wilder. Here's a guy that went to the Olympics, okay, first off, was not even – was not even a recognizable name. Didn't have an, a pedigree in the amateurs. He was a wild card. He wasn't really supposed to do much. It was kind of like a filling name for the Olympics at that time. And then he ended up getting the bronze. He started, he surprised not just everyone, everyone across the map, but he surprised his own country you know, here in the States, right? Then he gets in the heavyweight division, kind of, you know, falls back. I don't know if you remember that interview we did with him on Leaving the Ring. Remember when he was just kind of stale? There was nothing happening for the guy. Nobody, he couldn't even get sparring. You remember that? He even went over to Cliscos and asked them, hey, you know, use me. Uh, um, you know, if you want to spar, I'm a big guy. Learn how to, you know, uh, uh, work with somebody that's tall and big, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But. You know, and everybody kind of shitted on him saying, like, hey, you know, this guy, he's just basically, he's a, he's a came from the Olympics, and that's as far, as far as we're going to hear about him. But he kept pressing. He kept pressing. He kept telling folks, this is what I'm going to do, and this is who I'm going to be. And he's done it, you know, and he continues to actually prove his critics wrong. You got to give him his props. I was one of his major critics. I used to say that he was the Bambi of the heavyweight division. He still is, you know. Still got to get his feet underneath him. But you know what? Every fight I see him step in the ring, I see improvement. I see the guy actually taking his career serious. And he's, just not, he's not a guy that's just talking about being, you know, a, that he is a heavyweight champion. He's actually talking like a guy that wants to stay a heavyweight champion.
2: I'm um, just checking out uh, Deontay Wilder on uh, USADA's website. Um, according to their website, he's not been tested by USADA. So, huh. you know, um, I'll, I'll check with, with Vada to, to to get his stats uh, at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's that's my question: is who's going to handle the testing for that fight? But yeah, in terms of both guys, they're looking for the big fights. To, to take you know uh, have as long of a layoff as, as Tyson Fury had, take two fights and then go straight to Deontay Wilder, who's in rhythm and just coming off a, a you know a hard fought win over uh, Luis Ortiz. Uh, that says a lot about uh, about who both men are. But uh, no you know I love the Gypsy King. I, I really think he's just great when he's in boxing. Uh, boxing is better for it. Um, did you catch Absolutely. the uh, Carl Frampton Luke Jackson uh, destruction? I did. What do you I think about that?
1: It's pretty mu- well, you know, it's pretty much what we had said, you know, uh Jackson we were going to find out whether or not. He was ready for the big stage. And uh Frampton, I mean, the experience is what took over. Um what what more can big you say? You
0: know,
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And when he went out there, I mean, it, that was his office. And uh, you could tell that the other guy was still moving in some of this stuff into his office to get familiar to what his job was supposed to be, you know. But, you know, take nothing away from Jackson. Give it time. I think there's no shame in losing at one of the best guys right now in the division.
2: No doubt. Carl Frampton looked good, man. He looked really sharp, self-assured. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's also like, you know, the announcers kept bringing up the Nonito-Denerife fight, and it's like, well, you know this guy isn't Ludovico Donaire. He doesn't have the experience. You know, you don't know what he might be hiding. You know, it, it's a high-stakes poker. Um, And you could see early on. I think Jackson even got like a good right hand in, and it just did nothing. And yeah, you know, when you land your Sunday punch, and the guy doesn't, it doesn't even make a dent at that level, Um, it's going to be hard to really to, to get it going. You know, he's 33 years old. He's past his prime. Never really had one. You know. um, uh, is a maybe the prime was uh, you know the time when he was an Olympian, but um, I thought you know I, I yeah. thought uh, Frampton looked great, looked really sharp, um, you know now now you know now he gets to look ahead you know uh, I just I, you know to me do you think he, th- they go again uh, does he go back to the well with uh, where does he go next do you think? I believe frampton. they're
1: talking about Warrington, right is that that yeah mhm,
2: is that already a done deal
1: That's what they said, yeah, that's what they said. It's already a done deal i, I like the fight to tell you the truth I think that's gonna be a yeah. really good fight um you know, I think for the last stand for for frampton is is that's it the Warrington fight right there, you know physically, could he handle it? Can he handle something like that um well we know as we know of him right now, that when he's in the zone, he's in the zone. You know, but when you're when you have somebody also that's able to kind of penetrate that zone, that's when we really find out and Jackson couldn't penetrate it. You know what I mean? You just because Jackson was kind of, you know, walking through through his own forest and trying to find his way, you know, uh way home. So it doesn't say much, but it does tell you the experience of Rampton, is it, still there. Um, he's still confident in his abilities. He's he's still confident enough to, to do the things that he needs to do to keep himself in the fight game. Um, it's, this is a different, completely different animal that he's going to have to try to tame and bewildered in Orrington.
2: But he's not a knockout guy, you know? Warrington's no. tough, but you know, he's got six KOs, twenty seven wins, zero losses, zero draws. Um, twenty seven years old, he's five seven. Uh, you know, Carl Frampton is is five five, sixty two inch reach to uh I actually don't know what Warrington's is. You know, um I think this is this is Frampton's fight, to be honest, you know. I just think it uh he's the he's the, the more experienced veteran, knows who he is, knows who he isn't. Uh, knows how to win three minutes, you know, uh,
0: is, at, very good.
2: Yeah. at the top level, you know, he's no longer, I think he realized at the top level, okay, I'm not going to blow every, anybody out. Uh, I've got to be smart. I've got to be elusive. Um, and he's, he's got that, you know, he's he's really, you know, it's probably the, 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 the latter years of his prime, no doubt. Um, but he's, you know, far from like shop born. Uh, this is a, you know, a dangerous champion
1: an experienced yeah. champion. Yeah, I don't think he's shopworn at all, but I think that he's maybe one or two fights away of being shopworn. You know, um, you're, you're absolutely right about Warrington about having six scales <throat> on his resume. But, you know, when you look at Jackson, like I said, th- here was a guy that wasn't really sure that if he belonged in the ring with, with Carl. And we saw he actually did it, belong there. Uh, Warrington's a little bit different. You know, here's a guy that that knows that he has to work his way to a victory because he's not going to get the KO. So he knows he's got to let his hands go. He knows who he is, too. And when you have two fighters that know exactly who they are in the ring, spells out a really good war. And it ends up being, you know, uh, um, who wants it more?
2: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like you, could, When you could see early on with uh, – it, it, it's it's sometimes that you see this in, ma- in matchups. Like when Manny came out and you're like, oh, he's going to try to box with Floyd. This fight's over. Uh, when you could see Jackson right. kind of edging forward into the fray and not quite sure what's going to happen, you know, and not quite like committing – you know, you're either all the way in or you're all the way out. Like he would just kind of come out to a zone where he was going to get picked apart. And he never – push past that threshold for very long, you know, with a guy yeah. like Frampton, you're going to have to be all over him. Like Leo Santa Cruz, let your hands go. Yeah. Uh, don't let him get his timing, you know, and rough him up. Um, so now I, I, I expect it's going to be a, a tough fight, a good fight, but uh, I mean, I'm going to roll with Carl Frampton <laughs> in that one. And that's also set so for, uh, for, for Windsor park. Uh, so that's uh, uh, pretty exciting stuff. I I, I like this kind of renaissance uh, in, in Frampton. with the, You know, the Santa Cruz fights, back-to-back, he lost the second one, and now, you know, he's three fights removed from it. Um, do, uh, back to my original question, do you think they, they revisit that anytime soon? Uh, but Or stave it off? Because, you know, Al Heeman's got Leo Santa Cruz, who's sharing the WBA belt with uh, Jesus Rojas, but that the WBC is Gary Russell Jr. So maybe his one fight if next year correctly. will be... Against Carl right, Frampton. Right.
1: Well, right. Well, I think right now the 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 plan that's being laid out is going to be Santa Cruz and 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 Russell, right? Um, and I think with this one here, I think whoever becomes the victorious one out of the the Warrington and and Frampton, I think that can that could lead to the winner to the Russell and uh, and um, uh, Leo Santa Cruz. But but this is Al Heyman's world. You know, this is his universe. You, who's to say? I mean, he looks at matches uh, completely different than the way we look at it. You know what I mean? You know, we see a, 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 a gem to happen, and he sees something different. He's like, nah, don't like it. It's not polished enough for me. I'll pass on it. <laughs> yeah, so like say? I,
2: say? My buddy asked Al Heyman, you know, about uh, it, uh, Vernon Forrest and Paul Williams. Like, you think that's a good fight? And Al said, yeah. You, you going to make it? No.
0: <laughs> you know, so, uh,
2: yep. WBO champion there also is, you know, you got Oscar Valdez sharing this belt with Carl Frampton. At some point, maybe that that sanctioning body will order them to fight. God, Probably not. I,
1: you know, I, I would a, not. I mean, yeah. in a perfect boxing world, that's the fight that I like to see. See Leo Santa Cruz versus Valdez. I mean, all those guys, you put them in a mix. You know, you imagine if you decided to say, hey, let's put them in the World Boxing uh, Super Series. I yeah. mean, what complaints possibly, I, I, they, they, I mean, fight fans would find a complaint, but what complaints really could you really have? If if every, every fighter got into this tournament and said, hey, we're going to, you know, the best has to fight the best.
0: Well, I would mean... <laughs> depending
2: on how they do it again, you know, this second round, who's to say, you know, like what, how much money would it, would it take to, you know, if you can't, can you televise all that or do you have to do it the way they're doing it? You know, With but yeah, everybody adopted and just say, we're all going to do it. And this is how we're going to handle our championships. Could you keep that going? Well, that depends on, up?
1: but see, that depends on the success of the series. If these guys continue to match Guys correctly And continue to give you good broadcasting And the quality that we're getting So far that we've gotten And you imagine if they upped it Now it's going to go to the zone If 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 the numbers Are are there It only forces You know uh, Other people to step up a bit And more money comes in It, it comes you know, you know Flowing in So to me it's the success of the series You know how well it does How well how, how they keep doing it and where exactly is their vision? Is their vision has their vision stopped already? Is this where exactly where they wanted to be, or is it a bigger a bigger platform or what they're looking at? I'm not sure. I, you know, I haven't spoken to anybody on that side of the fence yet. I like to talk to them because I like to find out what exactly is the vision of where they want to do with the World Series, uh, World uh, uh, ser- uh, Super Series for boxing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got so many different – the landscape just changed so, like, just rapidly in the last year, uh, the last six months. Yeah. yeah. The zone. Like, so, I forget who was talking – somebody was talking about pay-per-view. Somebody's, like, talking about doing some pay-per-view shows. I'm like, it just feels antiquated at this point. Like, we almost are at that kind of a la carte place, you know? Where I was catching up on fights, yeah. it's like, all right, just open up the ESPN+. Plus. Let me check out this fight. You know, I haven't—I haven't caught up on everything. Uh, I'll be honest. So I hit the big ones, uh, save some for—for uh, for, I don't know the, the end of the year wrap-up review show. Uh, but you know, because it's—it's just yeah, I'm just—I'm painting shit. <laughs> well, no, I mean,
1: I mean, I, I agree. We talked—we talked about this last week. Now we, we, you know, we are so flooded right now, with we're going from so many directions. I think as a fight fan, your head's starting to spin because. It's just not one or two or three uh, platforms that you can go and watch the sport. Now you're getting so many different ones. I mean, now you're. I've gotten emails. I'm, I'm pretty sure you get the same emails where you could literally click. It's it's in the email of a promoter and it's a small promoter and they say here's the link to watch it live or to re, you know uh, uh, to to catch it after, and you could do that. They're they're just throwing those links out, folks, just to let you know that so you could put it on your website, and and. um, and so, I'm, you know, that's what I mean. There's just so many different fights out there uh, that you can now sit down and tune in. There's no complaint in that department because that was a major complaint for myself as a fight fan back in the, in the, in the you know, the early 90s and, and early, I'm sorry, the late 80s and 90s and even the beginning of the, of the millennium, you know, was that it wasn't covered enough. Now we're covered. The landscape is really covered. There is no browning on the on the green at all.
0: Hmm.
1: But I but, think uh the, the most that's, exciting that's thing That's why we got the complaints though. That's why we got the complaints though. I mean, look how people were treating the the Facebook uh issue is uh you know, I mean, I I mean, remember this, back in the 90s when Showtime was trying to catch up to HBO, you know, they were kind of getting a little uh, the majority of the time, if you talk to a, a fight fan or, you know, a, a casual fan about, hey, did you watch the fights on Showtime? I really don't watch it on, on Showtime because the quality is not that good. It's almost that that's the way they're treating if you go, if the fights go on Facebook. I've talked to a few fight fans. They're like, ah, I didn't watch it on Facebook. Who cares? <laughs> huh. you know, it's, just, it's just like, wow, things are, you know, like you said, things shift pretty fast. Especially when it comes to the internet, everything shifts pretty fast.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Twitch uh, is a thing, you know, and I don't know how much how aware uh, boxing fans are of, of Twitch, but like, um, I mean, there's some new podcasts that are coming out about it. But all all the you know, it's not just people watching video games. Like, there's a really wide array of, of shows that are on there, um, and that's. Uh, I think it's just everything's getting splintered in terms of how we're, how we're, you know, taking in our, our, our information. Uh, But, you you know, the bottom line is just, there's a shit ton of of platforms and a lot of boxing uh, and not as much time as one would think to to watch all that boxing. I don't know about anybody else. You know, I'm not judging if everybody else is just kicking it, but I don't know. The older I get, I also don't, you know, I'm like, I'm not watching any, I haven't watched preseason football and I don't know if it's on, I don't really care, you know? Uh, right, that's you know that's just me uh what'd you think about uh Brian Jemmings versus uh Dimitrinko, Alexander Dimitrenko?
1: Like, wow, man, you talk about uh thinking that it was gonna go the distance. Brian Jennings getting dropped, and I was like, okay, you know this is gonna be uh the old story. The old warrior finally his, his legs have tired out, and he's not gonna hold himself. Up anymore, so we're gonna end up doing the last trumpets for him. But instead, hey, the tables were turned. You talk about would you? Let me ask you: Would you consider it fight uh, uh, upset of the year?
2: What D- D- Dimitriko what, what and Brian Jennings, yeah, that if if KO, he had
3: lost, I, I just thought the KO.
1: I mean, I, I didn't expect what what a. I didn't.
2: That, that he would win by knockout, you're asking me? Yeah. Um no, but I didn't expect Demetrenko to win. I didn't think he had any sort of chance to win. That's that was not what the fight the fight was set up for, for Brian Jennings to look good. You know? Exactly. Um, but when
1: he got dropped, I mean when he got dropped, I mean I was like, Whoa, wait a minute you know
2: well he got hit with a weird shot you know over the top of his shoulder he was leaning down and and kind of got like the top like back back of his head hit so it was you know even the way he reacted like it looked like it was painful you know it was like almost just off the temple it's a legal shot because of the way he was leaning but um i thought you know he he fought back it made me care about him actually more than i did coming into the fight because i was like well this is like you know the yeah, <laughs> um, the, the rehab of him, yeah. you know. I mean, like, not denigrating right. the guy, but like you know, I'm I'm just not that excited. Um, I think you know the the Joey Duritzko fight that right. that kid kind of can scrap and everything. Um, uh, and I kind of expected that fight to go rounds, and I expected this one to go rounds. I didn't expect him to get knocked <laughs> down, um, but I I just under no circumstances did I feel like Alexander Dimitrinko was going to win. Just just looking you know at his track record. He's just not going to be that guy. And and I thought Brian Jennings was a little tougher, a little more diverse in some ways. But it was a good
1: fight. It was a good fight. But like I said, I think the surprising factor for me was the KO. Didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to go all the way down, and it was going to be just based on points, and that was it. He was going to make the other guy seem like he was never in the fight. But as soon as he got into the fight, and he did get that job, whether or not it was a real devastating you know, shake for 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 Brian. It still was enough to wake him up to say, "Hey, I got to turn it on." And when he turned it on, he did. Yeah, that
2: that was what impressed me about Jennings was, was his ability to to turn it into like just a you know inside fight. Like you realize that's I, I if I get in there at the right angle, I can let my hands be free. You know, I can. Uh, this guy's not comfortable with this. You know, he only really knows how to like fight tall. Uh, maybe catch me coming in, but if I get on the inside, that's that's where it's going to be, you know. Um, you think the ref got... stopped it too quick? Yeah, I thought it yeah, was it yeah. was. Yeah, he w- didn't even take time to look at the fighter, right? It was just like no. All of a sudden, it was no, just he over.
1: Didn't. I mean, he yeah, was, I he was behind. He was behind uh, Tanko, um when the uppercut even landed. And, and his, I mean, his head did snap back, but I mean, he never like took the time to stop and looked at him, look at his eyes. He just waved it off right away. And I, I understand no, like, it was the, weird. The, the,
2: the He's waving it yeah. off before he lands. Like, you, you know, he's, it, it's so weird. It, the uppercut lands, and the guy starts to tip backwards, and the ref, like, is just waved hands before the guy yep. even lands. It, it just, you can't wave your hands before the guy lands if you're behind him.
1: <laughs> you can't see his face. It's just you know I I, I yeah. I sat there and I scratched my hand, I'm like, Maybe I'm watching this wrong. Let's let's, let's watch the replay and sure enough man, yeah, I've got, got it in front, in front of me. You. Just rolling it back man. slowly. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I know I'm watching the uh, the Castle Rock series and I know there's a uh, psychic uh, ability with some of the characters. Maybe this rep has that and she, you know
0: <laughs>
2: It's like in uh, that movie Heaven but, Can Wait, like Buck Henry pulls Warren Beatty out of his body too soon, you know. So it looked like it was gonna right. be so painful. So I you know, I just pulled him out early. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, but it was a short chopping shot, you know, uh that rocked was on the button. But he was on the it's front on. foot and on, and then it slowly rocked him and put him on his butt. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you look at him where he lands, he's he's kind of in la-la land. Uh, He did complain afterwards, but, you know, Brian Jennings gets the win. Uh, He'd almost got him out of there before. So, you know, maybe the ref, you know, when you're right there, you know, I'm I'm just not going to argue with it. You know, everybody went really crazy about it. It is pretty weird. but uh,
1: I mean, he was, you know, I think Dermachenko, they do have the right to complain about it. They were asking for an immediate rematch. But, you know, after that short, short little glimpse of, of, of Jennings getting, you know, dropped or whatever, you know, however you want to look at it, um, the takeover was, was, was evident. You know, I, I don't think Dermachenko knew how to tie him up. But definitely, like you said, the, the inside game was not there. And uh, Brian Jennings just knew how to turn it on when he needed to, and you know the thing too is that a fighter has to know how to convince the rest, the other guys, hurt, and sometimes even convince them that they're not that hurt to help you get that win, and that's a veteran move. That's that's definitely uh, uh, something that, that Brian, uh, you know, has gained from experience. And uh, when he was turning those punches, they were landing. Some of them weren't landing, but, you know, uh, Dermotchenko was moving his head back as if they were connecting when they weren't. And I think that might have been the convincing factor for the ref was seeing his head get pushed back a few times when some of those shots didn't. Maybe that's when he said, oh, he's getting, he's just taking way too much punishment and not throwing back. Let me stop it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can't wave your hands before he lands.
1: <laughs>
2: if you're behind him, it's a long sentence. It's like, if you're behind it was like, him,
1: <laughs> it was like he waved his hands like, "Mom, I'm here. It's me, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was strange. Maybe he was like, Definitely.
2: yeah, looking at the way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just like watching it over and over again on this meme, you know, and, and it's. It's like the way that that Jennings kind of he lands that shot and then he kind of throws another shot and misses, but kind of just runs off like it's a you know walk-off home run, which apparently it was because he waved his hands immediately and was like, "Oh hell, it's over." But uh, what do you think about I, Jesse I Hart? I mean, I mean, knocking out I don't poor think so
1: Mike Bobbinsky. I mean, <laughs> three rounds doesn't tell me anything, and you know, like we said last week. Uh, it, it was just like, okay, this is this is who he has in front of him. What can we do? You know, um, <laughs> I think the outcome was pretty much what what we kind of figured. You know, let me just clear this up too before I get it because you know, I I understood what I said wrong. What I was trying to say, KO a uh, upset for me. That's what. It was, Not upset uh, of the year, meaning the fight, uh, but KO upset of the year for me, meaning that that was a KO that I never expected. To come from, from Brian Jennings I just didn't think he had it in him To turn up the heat like that And and get a stoppage You know um, But I mean you know he's always showed He's got some real true grit in him <laughs> You know
2: HBO uh, Came out with the uh, undercard For Canelo And the Triple G too um, Brandon it. Cook Takes on Jaime Munguia uh, who better have be working on his defense? As I say that, uh, they fight each other.
1: Cook.
0: Yeah.
2: What do you think about? What do you think of that fight?
1: I think it's a. You know. Well, I mean, they're not. They're not really taking. To me, they're they're preparing them for the bigger fight. I think they're preparing his face for these bigger bigger punchers. Because uh, Cook is a guy that you, know, if for as long as he's going to throw his hands, let his hands go, uh, he's going to be in the fight. But well, yes, it depends on him, um, and when he starts to start landing, because we've seen him, he's kind of just he's he is like he's like that snowball that just when he starts spiraling down that hill, he gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I, I think it's going to be an intriguing fight. It's definitely going to be an entertaining fight for fans that don't know who Cook or even. Uh, of discovering uh, Morguet for the first time on that pay-per-view card.
2: The fight is going to be war, dude. <laughs> it's, uh, it is. Uh, you know, he, he yeah. is a uh, bad boy is uh, Brandon Cook's nickname. And uh, he, he's just, he's a bad man in there. 20 mm-hmm. wins, one loss, uh, 13 KOs. That loss uh, was back in September of 2017 against Khanat Islam. Uh when Cook got stopped in the ninth round. Uh, it was a TKO. He's had two wins since then. Uh, quick KOs, two rounds and three rounds in 2017 and 2018. Uh, now he's facing... What are, what's,
1: the, let me ask what's you what separates, them, what separates them right now in size-wise?
2: Um, that I don't know. Not, I don't have uh, Brandon Cook's official particulars in front of me. Let me see if I can... Uh, I'm trying to do it here. I got
1: too. a new phone. I got a new phone and everything, and uh, as you know, as people are tuning in right now, I'm still on my phone, unfortunately. Can't get nothing up, um, ready on the internet, but I got a new phone today because I cracked my other phone, so I'm trying to learn how to use this X iPhone. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dude, I'm terrible. I swear I suck with technology.
2: <laughs> Where's the stand? Give me a call
1: with and I'll fix it. <laughs>
2: They don't put down his uh, official particulars. I'm like looking on his uh, his website, so I, I couldn't tell you. If his website doesn't have his height and, and reach, you know, not even on rec. No, Boxrec doesn't list list it. So no. No, it's got all the things. You don't have to look up anything if you don't want it. Uh, well,
1: we'll find out. I'll definitely with Somebody asked that definitely. guy.
2: Yeah, but. Uh, how tall is he? But, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's going to be a tough fight, a, a grinding fight, you know? Um, grinding that's fight. the kind of fight that, uh, that you know, what separates him. I mean, I, I think Brandon Cook might block punches. Uh, I mean, yeah. Gia, uh, doesn't like to block punches or anything, but his face a lot of times. Uh, so this could be a good fight, man. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of digging that, that uh, part of the undercard.
1: Uh, and following right got behind D- that, you're going to get David Lemieux and uh, Gary Sullivan. Oh, Sullivan, that's a great fight, man. You know? I saw Who that coming, got? though, with Spike. Uh, you know what? I'm going to lean with Spike. Size, and I think he's the fresher out of the two. Um, You know, Lemieux, uh, I don't know, man. It, it to me, is I, I guess where, I, where, where I'm at is how much is still in the tank for David Lemieux. I, I love David Lemieux. I think that his power is real. We saw that with uh, Gennady Golovkin. He didn't really want to trade with them. He just, you know, from from citing, oh, you know, it's going to be a three fight, you know, it's going to be a war, he, he, he decided, you know, flip the script on us and he boxed him with a jab. And, you know, outpointed him and beat him with a jab until that was it. Lemieux couldn't take any more. Um, but, I mean. Man, if, he if, got
2: tamed in that fight. He got undressed in he that did. fight.
1: He did. But, but you know, when, when you get the right guy, like when David Lemieux got Stevenson, um, and you're there in front of him trying to be brave with him, he could turn that fight around really quick. Is Gary uh, Spike uh, O'Sullivan, is he the kind of guy that, that would do that? I kind of think he is, you know? I, I think he is the kind of guy that's just going to walk, tread forward and, and try to throw big punches and overwhelm you. We've seen that from him with lesser guys that are put in front of him. Uh, but is he going to change his his stripes knowing that he's getting in with a big, murderous puncher like David Lemieux? He would be not. like,
2: a, you know, Marco Antonio Rubio, you know, um... Kind mm-hmm. of box and, and, you know, box tall and, and, uh, uh, you know, I think they're around the same size. Well, Lemieux is like 5'9 and a half. He's listed as 70 inch reach. Uh, I don't know what, uh, Spike Sullivan's reach is, but he's, uh, 5'10. He's 34 years old. Lemieux is only 29. And you would think that, that, that
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? But Lemieux the miles, the
2: uh, David Lemieux yeah. is 39 and four. He's been stopped twice. 33 KOs. Um, well, I'm sorry, he's, he's uh, yeah, no, he's had four losses and, and two stoppage losses. Uh, Golovkin stopped him, and uh, the aforementioned Marco Antonio Rubio handed him his first loss, TKO in seven, uh, all the way back in 2011. Uh, he had, you know, uh, Joakim Alcine, uh beat him over ma- majority decision, and, and, and 2011, that was like back-to-back losses. Then he kind of rehabbed and, and uh, had a nice little run, picked up a title uh, in 2015, loses to Golovkin, uh, loses the title. Um, and then, you know, gets outboxed by Billy Joe Saunders. That's just like his next big fight uh, a few years later in 2017 has one win uh, against Kareem uh, Akur, uh, but he came in overweight, you know, at 160. So I'm curious.
0: I feel you know, great weight... either.
2: No, he looks like, like crap. Cause uh, you know, making the mm-hmm. weight. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious what this weight will be at. Obviously if he's 34 years old and still fighting at middleweight, Gary's more comfortable fighting at that weight where, I think, you know, Lemieux's body is fighting to make the weight. So I'm I'm leaning with Spike O'Sullivan as well. That's a, that's a hell of a fight, yeah. though. I um, think it's, and yeah. Then the,
1: uh, mean, you know, no, go, then ahead. go ahead. Uh, Ramon Gonzalez was...
2: comes back against Moises Fuentes. What do you think he's going to be like?
1: I don't think he's going to be like anything we were used to seeing him be like anymore, to tell you the truth. Um you know when you when you jump up and weight and you fight bigger guys and you take the punishment of what he he did what he had gotten um I think it's there's truth behind that you 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 come back you're not the same anymore your your body goes in a certain shock. we've seen this with guy with certain fighters that once they once once their armor has been dinked, they're no longer able to hold up. I, it's to me. It's a It's a. It's a. It's one of those fights of, you keep your fingers crossed, and hope Gonzalez can come back and and make a statement. And but, I think the matchmaking was done correctly. <clears throat> you know, um, I don't know how what you feel about Moses. Uh, um, oh, it's it, it, yeah. It. Moses
2: Fuentes is, uh hadn't won a good one in a while. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: he, uh, I thought it was like okay. Just, there, there's a mercy here you know, that law firm them are having, um, with, uh, with Gonzalez. They're like, okay. Cause I, I a fight like that to me when, when it when it, was, when it was announced and you know, that, that match was made, it was like, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a, a definite, we're not sure yet, you know, where he's at. So let's just kind of test the waters. Let's allow him to regain, to regain something, you know, and, um, sometimes those fights are, are needed, you know, a lot of times we don't want to see it on our pay-per-view, but I think this one here, because of the following and the embrace that fans, you know, the the, the, the fans that adore him, Um, I think that myself, and I think speak for a lot of other fight fans, is we're perfectly fine to see whether or not he has anything left in him to continue on in his boxing career.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, Fuentes is, uh, you know, a journeyman. Um, Notable loss back in 2014 against Donnie Nietzsche. Nietzsche knocked him out in nine. Uh, Losing to him, you know, it's kind of gained over the years as Nietzsche's notoriety has, has, you know, uh, grown. Uh, But then he went, you know, uh, on like a five fight win streak. Uh, Then he comes up in 2016 against Kosai Tanaka, gets stopped in five. Uh, Then loses to Ulysses Lara in 2017 uh, um, uh, by majority decision. They rematch, uh, you know, that fight was in July. They rematch in October. He knocks out Ulysses, Lara, and won. And then in his next fight in February of 2018, Dago Higa knocked him out in one round. Uh, And now he faces Roman Gonzalez. So, uh, you know, 30 years old, uh, 25-5-1, 14 knockouts, three losses coming by way of knockout. Uh, He's in the VADA program. So is, I believe, uh, Roman Gonzalez. Who comes into the bout 46 2 and 0, 38 KOs, 1 KO loss. Um, you know, it, it, we'll see. You know, it's bit, he'll be coming back almost a year to the day. Uh, he lost uh, KO and 4 uh, on September 9th last year. He comes back S- September 15th. I can't wait to see it. That's a really uh, action packed card.
1: Are, are you are you planning to come down and go watch in the movie theaters? Because that's what I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna go watch in the movie theaters. To tell you the truth,
2: it depends. You know, after uh, this would be the longest I'm, I've been out of Burning Man, uh, so you know I may not want to travel anywhere for a while. But uh, but <laughs> you know, well we'll see. I might drive over the over the bridge to to Richmond. Uh, Fernando in Richmond always is like, dude, you got to come out and watch the fight. So uh, that's true. Yeah,
1: I'm I mean, I'll, yeah, I'd be willing to go out there. Just for that, I mean, that's going to be a great card. It's going to, to be a lot. It's going to be really fun. But, um, so
2: we've got a, some callers on the line. You want to you want to pull people in?
3: Sure, let's go for it. All
2: right, six one nine. You're live. I'm leaving it in the ring.
3: Hey, Gabe, Dave, how you doing, guys? Juan from San Diego. Hey,
2: what's up, Juan? Juan how, you doing, soul, man? Man? how you doing, man?
3: i you doing good, man. Uh, can you hear me, well? Yeah, very well headset and i don't know if it works well <laughs> all right man uh yeah i want to talk a little bit about um about the fury um wilder fight um, i'm kind of excited of that somebody doing the right thing and fighting a live fighter there so i, I I'm, I'm pretty impressed by wilder you know throwing himself out against this guy he's a pretty difficult guy to fight one of the things that I, I think a lot of people are not even talking about is that the size of this guy. He's what six nine. Uh, he is a big dude. Yeah. He's fast. He moves a lot. And one of the things that you know, one of the things I'm hearing is that Fury can't, um, you know, can't hit. But one of the one of I remember when he fought Klitschko. I think one of the things was that Klitschko didn't like his power. It was not probably not a big punch, but enough. To make him think, think twice in uh, getting inside, you know. So that I think it's a little bit underrated. He might not be a knockout puncher, but with that size and that speed, he might, uh, you know, catch you with some punches you don't see coming. And with a guy like Wilder, that you know his technique and balance is, you know, not not the best. He, he you know, he can get knocked out with a punch he doesn't see coming. You know, is they're, they're heavyweights. You know, you never know. He's a, he's a shifty big man.
2: I, I, it's just, I, I love that about him, you know. He's, he's really crafty, and there's always working his shoulders, moving his guard. You just don't quite know where he's going to be. Uh, you know, is he going to do a leaping left hook, or is he just going to whack you in the body at the last second? He's got um, yeah,
3: decent a power.
1: He's, he's got really decent power, but you've got to force him to actually sit and throw that decent power. What gave Latimer Klitschko a lot of problems was, as you mentioned, is is the one thing that I think most heavyweights will have problems with is because it's, it's hand speed. And Tyson Fury's got hand speed, and he's got good footwork. So every time Latimer Klitschko sat down to try to throw the right hand, guess what? Tyson Fury was he wasn't there anymore to be you know to to, 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 to let loose. And I think that's where Wilder's going to have problems with. Is that if he doesn't let his hands go, if he doesn't like try to dictate the fight with a jab, or and and and, when, and try to cut the ring, he's going to be looking for Tyson all night. And
3: and yeah, and, and. Go ahead. ahead. Yeah, well, what what, what what I was thinking is, uh, you know, every, I agree with everything you're saying, and, and and I'm not ready to say that Fury will beat Wilder because I think Wilder is coming, you know. He's fighting a little bit more, and he's coming off a big win. Uh, the thing that I do think is that uh, the, the Fury's overconfident. Like, he believes in himself, and he li- believes in his ability. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a big version of James Tony in a way, the way he, he uses his shoulders and the way he, he ducks. Good and, comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was one of the things that I was uh, reminded of the, this uh, last Saturday. And the other thing is that I, I was uh, watching him, and I did see some, you know, uh, a little bit of rustiness there. He got hit a little, uh, a couple of times like this. You know, this guy who I don't think is as good, uh, close enough to, as good as a wilder. So uh, I think maybe, maybe if he would have uh, gotten another fight in, I would definitely favor him over him. Right now, to me, it's a very difficult fight to pick. But if, if if Fury comes and and you know his eight he was against uh, Klitschko. We're, we're, we might, you know, we might see him win the fight. I wouldn't be surprised, and and I'm actually rooting for Wilder because I, I you know, I wasn't a big fan, fan of Wilder in the past, but I, I've grown to like him more and more, and I think he's a real deal. When, when, you know, he, he he talks a lot, and he wants to do the, the the things he says. He's not like those other guys in the PBC that just talk and do don't do anything. I think this guy really wants to fight the best, and he's doing whatever he can to do it. I actually was one of the guys who thought he was like. I believe Eddie Hearn when he said that these guys were just uh, you know talking, but now after I I seen what he's trying to do, I think he was like he actually signed the contract and says I think he wanted that fight and I, I and I think those guys really didn't want any part of him, so um, I, I, if he wins if he wins and he and this fight is actually promoted well, he could he could rise to the next level and be a little bit you know a, a star at least be well well known because that guy. You know, I love the way he talks. He, he is a puncher. He's big. He's American. He has all everything there to be a, a star. Everything. I just can't believe he isn't already.
2: Yeah, it just hasn't fallen for him, and it. You know, it, it's. I think it's hard for anybody to become a, that that star anymore. Right now, like with all these different platforms. I mean, I guess they've really promoted into a star, but it's like a grassroots. He's really had to go to a fence, like really work it. I and mean, I guess that's how you do it. Um, Wilder's starting to get a sense of how to do that uh, and really take charge, like you said, of his of his reign, uh, calling his shots. I mean, you know, he's, he's over 30. Uh, you start to, to, to really see the end of your career. You've got to make those big fights. And, you know, whoever wins this fight, I think has a chance to be something of a star. Um
3: you know both the heavyweight are, championship. Yeah, them have...
2: These are they're giants, you know, and big personalities.
3: You know, yeah, no, no. The, I think the heavyweight division is a, in a good spot right now. The three guys that you know are 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 in the conversation. All three guys have a, a legitimate a legitimate uh, you know uh, hand in the throne. I, I think you know, all three guys are intriguing in a different way. Even though Fury is not you know that exciting to watch because he's not a puncher. He is intriguing. I was watching the fight, and I, I wanted to see him. He, he keeps your eyes on TV. He's a much much must watch. He's, I don't know. You have that something, and and you can't you know you can't teach that something. And uh, we were having oh, yeah. some, uh, you know some arguments about uh, you know how to build a star in, in the sport of boxing, and you can't have a better you know blueprint than what uh, Tom Loffer did with Triple G. And even you know even a guy like Triple G who's been promoted brilliantly. Even him, with his style, struggles to get those papers he buys. And, and, that, and the reason is he's not American. If, if you're an, like, if you're an American fighter, and you are promoted and you have that personality, there's no reason why you shouldn't be, you know, selling paper reviews uh, by the by the hundreds of thousands. Well, and, and it, also, you say,
2: know, yeah. people just consume TV, like. You know, it used to be only like that one dude had the black box, you know, and everybody would gather at his house. Um, I was the guy with the black box for a while. Uh, And then, you know, it was just the guy with cable. Uh, But now everybody's got a laptop, a phone, and we're all pretty damn savvy. And we all have capability of doing kind of black box way of watching a fight. I think that's a hurt pay-per-view numbers across the board. I mean, I wonder if if piracy has gone up. I don't know if there's a way to, to prove it. But uh, it seems like it would be, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard mm-hmm. in general. I know people don't consume TV the same way. And there's also not that pipeline from the Olympics, which is everybody, you know, it's like a summertime passage, uh, rite of passage, is watching the, you know, summer boxing team, the U.S. team fight, who, you know, against whoever. And we knew all those people were, and then they turned pro on the pretty much, you know, uh, like the same network. It was almost it was like a pipeline. Yeah. Uh, that's all changed you know with cable and everything, and now now we're in an even you know a stranger place with all these different apps and everything so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see who is a star a true star
3: well one of the things about paper now is that um, you know the paper is pretty much set for uh, for bars you know because everybody can yeah. watch a fight on their on their laptop you know when you really have a big fight, definitely you're going to see the crowds in the bars, everybody like you know. Getting hyped up and going to a place to watch a fight and all that. So, but then that's what we're not seeing right now. You know, that, that's precisely the thing that's missing. So I see I, I like some of my friends, some of my friends here that are you know 100 American and they they only watch football and, and baseball and hockey. They don't they don't know about boxing. They don't know what that is. Uh, they they will only get you know interested in a fight when it involves a guy that they know, a guy they've heard of, a guy who. Who, you know, is uh, sounding off everywhere, and and they'll go to a bar and watch it. They'll go there, they'll go there, and and everybody will get together. And it's once in a, once once a year thing, you see. And so that's precisely what's missing. And these kind of guys, a guy like Blazer, is perfect for that. He he has everything. And the fact that I don't even know who promotes him. I know Al Heyman has. his, I don't know his manager or whatever. I don't know. But you dude, develop. You promote. Well, okay. That that. That explains things. Uh, you know these guys. You know they, they, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I really don't understand. You have a gold mine with a guy like that. The other thing I wanted to ask you, uh, ask you guys, and, and that was another thing that we were talking about today, is about you know you know we talked we talked talk about drug testing in the past, and, uh, and one of the things I always I always ask, and I don't know if you guys know, but how often did Bernard Hopkins test for the how often is was he being tested? I don't see anybody talking about that.
1: Um, we've talked about this, none. <laughs> Not that we know of. <laughs> uh, actually even questioned it the last time when he stepped in against Joe Smith. You remember that, Gabriel, when everybody was jumping down okay. my neck? Um Yeah, I mean it's a good question. I mean, uh I think the only person yeah. ever asked him about drug testing was uh Sean Pascal And we saw the reaction From Bernard Hopkins
0: Now
2: I asked him about it uh, And it was during all The whole Manny Pacquiao Floyd thing uh, At a press conference In LA I asked him How he felt about it And then like The questions Were kind of ended After that We gave a You know He was like He cared about it But I don't think He ever did it You know Nobody really ever Said anything
3: And And it's incredible That a guy like that That was doing What he was doing Wouldn't be like Questioned Like if you're the only guy, the only guy who's fighting like that at that level, at that age, why wouldn't you want to be tested to prove that you're, you're doing something, like you said, like an alien? And I've always, you know, and that was, that leads me to my final comment for today, tonight, which is, what's this guy's name, uh, the guy that fought, fought last week, uh, Oscar Belvez? Oh, Joe, Diaz. He missed weight, yeah. huh? He missed weight, uh, as far as I know. I don't know, but it seems to me that some fighters and, and, and that's why I brought up uh, Hopkins, you know, are favored by some media members and don't get the heat that other fighters get like this kid, he missed weight, and all I could hear was like, oh poor guy, he, he didn't have a, an ounce of, uh, of uh, fat that he could burn and, and poor kid, and I was like, dude, he missed weight he missed weight, like every other fighter that missed weight, that everybody crit- criticizes, he missed weight what are you talking about, you have to criticize the kid he is yeah. uh, part of that problem, you know. Well, I mean, guys uh, being...
2: go ahead. Hopkins comes along at a time when boxing media is changing. You know, it's going from yeah, is the early days of the internet and like you know, House of Boxing and Max Boxing. Um and that's saying that those. Well, everybody dropped the ball, not really knowing. You know, yeah, if you everybody was attention... trying to learn
1: their their place still, even at, in, at that, in that time. Everybody was trying yeah. to learn that curve of what they had to do, you know? But even, like, you know, um,
2: Dan Raphael, who was a big Hopkins guy.
1: Uh, right.
2: You've got some scoops of him, you know, over the years. Yeah, they never really questioned him about it. And what's weird about Hopkins, I mean, besides just fighting as long as he did, I mean, writers throughout history did that, and we always called him a throwback. But he did jump up, you know, to light heavyweight at an advanced age. It was like, oh, I had a thyroid issue. Um and now I'm mm-hmm. able to fight at this for you know, I don't really understand the, the whole explanation. But it's a guy that's always yelling, I'm natural. Uh, this is all fruits mm-hmm. and nuts and clean living and clean eating. And, and maybe that's totally true. But to me, it's like nobody else is ever really yelling. This is all natural. This is just fruits mm-hmm. and nuts. You kind of want to yeah, ask that, that guy it. about it. and test that guy.
3: What, the, the truth is it really the truth. <laughs> yeah, if you're bragging about that, dude, let let, let prove it. You, you see, I'm not saying he's dirty. I'm, I'm not even suggesting that. I'm just saying that I bring this to the table because I I, I hear like selective uh, criticism. Uh, the same thing with JoJo Diaz. I was uh, I was looking at the kid and the guy missed weight. He didn't do what he had to do. That's his job. Even if he didn't have an ounce of fat that he could burn, then you need to move up, dude. You don't. You know, you're you're not doing what you have to do. And other fighters get a lot of criticism, and I didn't hear anything about this. I thought it was like put into you know a a second topic, like nothing happened, and I was surprised about that. But again, in the end, you know, in the end, I think uh, this you know having all that information available, you know, makes us have this conversation that we couldn't have.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, well, I think, you know, in the next year we're going to see a big change in all the divisions as the, you know, the, the sanctioning bodies and everyone start uh, demanding guys stay within a certain weight the next day, having that second day weigh in and, you know, and fines and penalties for, for, you know, missing it. Um, We're going to see a big sea change in boxing with the weight stuff, you know, the the days of like, Oh, I couldn't shrink down and like let me get a nutritionist and go about this weird-ass practice, some other weird way. Uh, it's just I'm like, dude, just your body's telling you to move up. So the first time you miss weight, Jojo Diaz isn't a lazy guy. I know who trains him and, and you know, supplements his training. Um, it isn't that. He didn't lose focus. Um, I mean, maybe it's something to look at. You know, he loses a fight, then he loses, you know, misses weight. Uh, but I don't think so. Um, I think it's just, a, you know, he's growing, um, and it's time to move up and wait. It would be a shame if they try to go yeah, back no. to the well.
3: Yeah, no. The, the the guy needs to move up in weight, and that's it. You know, they they've been, you know, that's, that's part of the problem that they, they drain the fighters so much that you can't even calculate anymore because they're so, you know, they, they they don't have any any fat anymore to burn. And 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 if you miscalculate, you miss it. And that's you know that's not fair. It's, you know that's why the weight classes exist in the first place. It uh, just again, doesn't make sense
2: to to do that to your body. after training it to perfection for like six, seven weeks, and then dehydrate it, you know, to a natural weight. This has never made sense to me.
3: Yeah, it, so. it, it doesn't. But, no, we're really excited about Tyson Fury and a lot of fighting. It, it, I think that's great for the sport, and hopefully, you know, those things get to keep happening. I feel that the way the sport, you know, is being... uh you know, with all the screaming and all that, people you're gonna, are going to turn in if there's a good fight, and that's it. If it's a bad fight, we already know the outcome. We don't care. I think I don't care anymore. Uh, I used to watch every single fight. I don't anymore. And I've told you guys in the past that I have only so much, so much time for entertainment. And I'm gonna, right. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend my money on things that, that I consider valuable. And if that means I'm gonna go to a theater and watch a play, I'm going to do that. If that means a good movie's in, and, and I need and there's boxing, and the movie's better, hey, goodbye boxing, dude. I'm not going to waste my time in a mismatch, not at all. I'm not going to make my wife go through that,
2: you know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> happy wife,
3: happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, well, thank you. Uh, great talking to you guys, and uh, hopefully I can get back next week with you guys.
2: Well, we'll be uh, taking a hiatus. I'm going to Burning Man, Juan, so uh, I'll we'll we'll
3: be we'll
2: be back the the Monday of the Triple G fight. So uh, Triple G can do a lot too.
3: Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys. Have a good one. Catch up
1: with you. Thanks.
3: All right, guys. Well,
1: we're at the end of our hour here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, I want to appreciate everybody that called in, everybody that's tuned in, everybody that follows us and supports uh, Leaving the Ring. Myself, Dave Dwayne, and Mr. Gable Montoya. As always, brother. Hey, enjoy yourself. Uh, don't um, don't do anything I wouldn't do out there.
2: <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer
1: that. <laughs> right? All right, man. <laughs> All right, man. so uh, deal. <laughs> um, well, David my toys on his highest. Don't forget, we still have aficionados. And, and also, I'm I'm working on doing the corner to corner. We didn't do it. We haven't done any interviews, but I'm going to recap everything that's happened in the last couple of months in the fight game and uh, talk a little bit about that. And uh, probably do a countdown to the Gennady Golovkin and uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez fight so that when uh, Montoya gets back, we'll we'll be ready to go. All right, man. As always, uh, don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Mr. Montoya, I'll talk to you very soon. Peace.